Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Mauda Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? I just wanted to take a quick break from my podcast to share something with you. So it's a new year. It's 2022. And if you've been paying attention, one of the things I've been talking about is this year, now that thankfully we have in-person events coming back, I'm going to be speaking on stage and I'm really going to be focusing on two things, and that is community and accountability. All right. A lot of us have goals And a lot of us are trying to hit our head against the walls and do the same thing we've done in the past, you know, but here's something that I think a lot of people are missing. And in this new world that we're living in, things are different. A lot of people are not paying attention to the stress that they're going through, that they're just trying to sweep it under the rug. And unfortunately, myself included, because I went through this, guys, we have a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms. And a lot of the time, we are disconnected completely. This is why we started our Fat Fueled Physique group coaching. We've been getting really good feedback. Now, the good thing is that we have three different levels available. The basic membership will give you access to our True Coach app. And the cool thing about this is that every single workout with the exercises in it, you'll be able to see the videos attached to the exercises so you'll never be lost on what to do. And these are custom workouts that you'll get monthly based on your monthly goals as they change. Now the plus is really great because the plus will add custom meal plans and macros with macro changes every single week, even how to change your meal plan to adjust your macros. And now the VIP puts you in our VIP Telegram chat and that also gives you access to our bi-weekly Zoom calls. We do different subjects every two weeks. We've covered everything from habit stacking to supplements. And so I just wanted to let you guys know about that. We'd love to have you. Make sure that you check it out, www.fatfueled.family slash shop, and you'll see all the options there. Welcome to the Fat Fueled Family Podcast. I am your host, Danny Vega, and I am joined by my friend and returning guest, Derek Ty. What's up, brother? Hey, man. So happy to be here, and I love to share the faith with you, man. Amen, brother. I mean, honestly, it's um, we, we had to do a disclaimer last episode because we had... What an amazing story and testimony we had from our friend who lost her son in September and last year was just like going through everything. She, her faith was strengthened and we had to give a disclaimer because, you know, people are used to seeing a certain type of content coming from us, but we feel really called to, to cover some of these other subjects that, that get into the business side of things and still in the health side of things. But People are so in denial, unfortunately, because of the confusion and everything that nobody wants to address problems. And I think like talking about these subjects um, and getting into the spiritual side of things, we just want to plant those seeds so that people can uh, not waste any time. Like I know I wasted a lot of time, um, you know, being in depression and and not talking with my friends. So um, so here we are again. You know, we're here with someone who is you know, you're a friend of ours, you know, it's amazing that where you are right now was the last time we saw each other, um, in physical, you know, physically. And, um, and so I want to kind of go over just the things that have happened this last year 
you know, we had an opportunity to catch up recently. My, it was amazing. Like God is just telling me, you know, call this guy, talk to this guy. Um, and it's just so awesome. So, but we always got to lead off with the question, you know, what is, what is the most critical problem you're currently trying to solve? So for me, it is, uh, you know, getting a healthy mind, body, and soul connection for the industry that I serve, which is real estate. So uh, there's basically two sets of clients that I'm, I'm desperately working toward solving their problems. One is real estate agents uh, who want to be faith-based and to you know, uh, add integrity and uh, quality and honor to the real estate sales business, which has the same reputation in some circles as a used car salesperson, no offense to a used car salesperson. And then on the other side, we want to honor our real estate clients. So, uh, you know, I, I feel called to, to serve both of those groups of people. And they're both in a lot of ways related in the way that I can handle, I can help serve one group and they can help serve the other. So it's all kind of together. So that's what's burning right now in my professional world. Yeah. You know, I just, you just um, sparked a quick question that I wanted to ask. I don't know if you know this, but like, you know, I was, um, we've been doing a little bit of home improvement. I've learned a little bit about it. And I learned that the home improvement industry is like literally top 1% in um, customer dissatisfaction and they're number one in consumer complaints. Do you know, does real estate rank up there? I mean, I, I feel like people are usually happy when they buy homes. Um, how, how does that work? Yes. It comes down to trust, right? So do you feel like someone is your advocate? And we call that a fiduciary duty, which is a fancy way to say my number one responsibility has to be to you. So if you decided to move to Cincinnati and you said, Derek, help me find a great house, you would trust me fully because you know me. And we have a relationship and you know professionally that I've got a resume that backs it up. So we would have, I wouldn't have to spend three weeks trying to convince you that I'm a good guy. We would just go right into house hunting mode, right? But the problem is, is that most real estate agents, they uh, are advertising on Instagram or Facebook or Google or a billboard or in a grocery store. You have the little, you know, where's the eggs? Oh, there's a realtor trying to sell something, you know? <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, that's where people are finding that. And there's a lot of agents out there that are putting their bodies, they're putting their images, their cars, all these things is like, Ooh, look at me, look how good of an agent I am, the million dollar agent. And it doesn't really speak to who they are character-wise. And the problem is, is that a lot of times agents, they're putting these posts out on social media, which is a whole topic we could go down, but they're kind of advertising themselves more than showing how they're helping their client. And so I'm trying to help an industry that's suffering from the same problem that every other person's suffering from is this me, me, look at me culture. You can do it into an extent, but what you don't want to do is override your primary duties, which are to help your client. So if you do a great job serving your client, all these other things will be added to you. It sounds like a scripture, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing when you focus on the right things, right? Um, Yes. All right. So, you know, we've spoken about it, but, you know, I find it so interesting that literally right before the world went crazy, literally we were coming, you know, we were in the airport coming back from this event and this is when everything went down. You know, we were at your Keto at the Cabin event and we ended up having this marathon prayer circle at the end of it. And I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, looking back now, what effect that and your faith had on the events that would follow. And we'll get it, we'll get into the personal details about the personal journey after, because I think that's going to really um, give some color to like what, what this question is, is all about. 
So if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, well, I don't have a faith relationship like that. So this conversation is not relevant. I would caution you to take a few minutes and listen to some of these stories that we're sharing. Uh, first of all, this this cabin is you need to understand if you're new to me and, you know, to the, the Thai family, you know, God gave us this amazing opportunity to purchase this log cabin with this beautiful view in the middle of town in our city that's completely surrounded by other developments and neighborhoods. And it's like this little oasis in the middle of town. And and the story that it even uh, enabled us to get to this point where we could own the property and that we never actually lived in it. It's an investment property. It's the property, if you're watching the video, it's behind me. We turned it into a short-term vacation home. It's like an Airbnb kind of rental for those of you who are familiar with that. But the way we've been able to uh, not only pay for it through rental income, but also give it away to the community. We've got special needs groups. We've had conferences here. We've had other things where prayer meetings, uh, where local churches have come in and done leadership uh, you know, with their tight group of people. But we've been able to discount and to give away the property. A lot of times we think, hey, if we start becoming wealthy, if we start owning things, God, you know, says, oh, the the root of all evil is money. What's well, actually not? It's the love of money. So what happens is, is if we're putting it put into a situation where we're able to be stewards of resources that God's given us, that's the fun part where we can start giving things away and start doing things for the community and for each other and hosting even like. And like when you were here, we hosted an event, which, you know, it was like a break even event. We didn't try to make any money off of it. Everybody that came donated their time. It was very collaborative. Right. And we all left richer than we showed up, both in relationships and experience and in knowledge, information, like all those areas we became richer. And that's kind of the point to me of my faith is. God, show me the next thing that I can get involved with that's going to further uh, his kingdom, like for for his glory. And when I do that, I get excited. I get uh, emotional. I get friends and groups together. And we have seen so much fruit of just continually offering this property up to different people in different groups. So I know that's a different way to answer no, the but question, that's but that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. And let me tell you, um, you know, we, I think, you know, going back to what you said about, you know, the, the love of money, it's this, um, it's this graspy attitude that we have with things that that come into our possession or you know management that that we when we look at it that way it's it's like it's amazing how and I'm not going to say right you know because I I can tell you a story right away my pastor you know he was called to give away his car like 20 years ago and he's waiting for the blessing to come and you know there's no blessing you know like. He's, he's, he's on public transportation and nothing comes of it. But 20 years later is when someone gave him a car after he gave another car away because people were moving out of town and he gave them his car and he walked in faith again. And so it, it again, I just want to reiterate your, your, the point that you made. It's about the attitude when we surrender and we understand whose everything is just like our kids, just like everything. Um, there's, there's this, God knows our hearts, you know? And, um, and again, like when we see other people doing things, it's, we, we want to be careful to not try to ascribe in, intent to people because we really don't know why they're doing them. 
So again, it comes back to you, what, why you're doing something. And so, um, you know, I mention all the time how you, and this is a great segue to the next question, because um, I guess I'm going to let the cat out of the bag, because I've mentioned recently how if you are, you know, walking in the right way in your life, there's going to be resistance, you know? Um, and sometimes, you know, the, you see someone who is walking the right way and, and you, you almost think that there's, there's no resistance for them. Why, you know, you have a beautiful wife, you have a beautiful family, you know, you've been able to bless so many people, but we also have to understand that God uses us all for different things. You know, some of us, you know, are, are called to go through that struggle and maybe, maybe the timing of the struggle happens later. Um, uh, and some of us are called to be the ones to help people out in the community through what we're given. So I think that's a good segue because, you know, here we are now and, um, you know, there, there's some events that I didn't know about last year. You know, you, you kind of told me some of the things that you did and I was like, Oh, I'm so happy for him. He's blessed. So you had a few things happen business wise and personally, um, and, and you may, you had to make some decisions. So can you talk about business wise, what happened? Um, and then, you know, in your personal life, you know, hitting some personal goals that you had, some things that you wanted to do, um, and then how how that kind of turned around and you had to make a decision. And I personally think you made the right decision. And obviously we see the the evidence of that, but can you co- go into detail what happened? So, so, you know, the thing about, you know, whatever industry you're in, you know, the, the nice thing about your audience is it's very diverse backgrounds from, you know, attorneys, lawyers, and doctors, and, you know, people that are just getting started in careers and in college, and because you're focused on the health and the wellness part. So I'm from, you know, an industry side, I've been working in the same industry for 17 years. So I was able to, you know, build up a nice portfolio business, sell like 1500 homes, uh, put together a team, start expanding out of Cincinnati, start growing my business, you know, so I've had some financial success, some business success, I was presented with an opportunity to own a franchise of a uh, of real estate company that's international that everybody would know. And so it was like the pinnacle of the ego, you know, is to get to that level of the company is where you could be an owner of a franchise. So I partnered up with these three other people, some of the top business people in my community that are in my industry. We all put in our money. We all, you know, spent two years building this thing up. We went from a handful of agents, literally to 125 agents within a couple of years, which was in the best part of town and the best little segment, everything was going well. And I, and right as coronavirus two years ago, literally like you and I, the last time we saw each other, I was making this decision. I felt this calling, like the people that you're in business with are great business people. And if they're watching this today, I would say this in front of them, we just weren't aligned on a lot of the same moral issues, like and some of the same worldview things. And it, it doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make me a good person. It just means that we were different, right? So we saw things differently. And I felt like in my spirit, even though all the success matrix were there and the metrics for me to continue on doing what I was going to do, I had to walk away uh, because God said, hey, I want you to be equally yoked with other people. Like I want you to, if you're going to be in a business partnership, they need to have Christ first kind of mentality, right? And these other people, great people, great business people, 
I'm sure they're making a lot more money now than they were even a year ago because they're great business people. But I felt like that wasn't my calling to be in that group of people anymore. So I had to make a hard decision right in the middle of the coronavirus start in March, April of last year. In May, I officially uh, sold. It was like a divorce, like sold my partnership agreement back to these other people and moved my business to an independent brokerage, basically. And that was one of the hardest things I had to do. I mean, I lost uh, money. I lost uh, people that were part of this other group. I lost the status in my community of being the guy that was kind of on the top of this food chain. I lost it all. I left it all behind. And then so my wife and I went through six, eight months of, and then you had like the slowdown in the economy, like, you know, real estate agents in our community weren't even supposed to be out showing houses for a little while and all these downward pressures on income. And then people just weren't buying as many properties anymore. So like, it was like glory days one day and then boom. But I felt like the entire time that God had us in control, he had, he had my, my family, he had my finances, he had my you know, whatever status and ego I thought I had, it wasn't about me anymore. And, you know, I, I don't think I was super concentrated on that before, but it, there's always those pieces and parts inside you that you're trying to flush out a little bit. It's like you're doing a detox. It might be that last little thing in the bottom of your colon you're trying <laughs> to get rid of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's kind of where I was at. I was like, what else is in me that it needs to not be in me anymore? So that's the beginning of the story. I don't know if you want me to elaborate more, but that's that's pretty much what the transition was the last time. Yeah, I, saw I think um, whatever you're comfortable sharing, as well as, um, you know, even with some of the things that, you know, I, I've been there too, you know, where I've had, you know, we go through these seasons in, in our lives. And, and um, it's funny because when I went through the top season where, you know, I was, just making a ton of money and, you know, winning awards and going on trips and all that stuff. I knew that I was in that season. Um, and, and I also knew because, you know, at the beginning of every year, I would, I would get this download of what the word would be for the year. Um, and like, for example, this year it was stillness. And, you know, it's interesting that this year has been the hardest year of my life, but if I wasn't prepared and I hadn't gone through everything I I had gone through, I could look at this year and just be like, oh my gosh, what a disaster, you know? Um, so if you're comfortable, you know, you, you, you did some personal things that, that, you know, were kind of some, uh, bucket list items and, you know, you had to make some yeah. hard decisions there, but I, I think I want to be cautious because again, like it doesn't always work out this way, but it is kind of cool when it does, you know, you had to make a tough decision, um, on, you know, some of the personal things that you did. And, um, and so when you made that decision and you were obedient, things worked out. Yeah. So in our, in our real estate business, I know there's lots of things that I could go down the road of, and I'll try to keep, keep it simple is a lot of real estate agents. And I coach real estate agents now, right? Uh, one of the things I have always taught is you got to do two to three hours of prospecting every morning. And that's calling a for sale by owner, calling an expired listing, calling neighbors, friends, family, whatever, and be like, hey, do you know who needs to sell a house, right? Well, God was like working on me deep. And he was like, I want you to spend that time with me in the morning. It's like, whoa, well, what's going to happen to my business? Like, what if I don't practice what I preach and I don't get out there and prospect every day? And so what's interesting is um, people, and I've never recruited other real estate agents from around, but people started contacting me and saying, hey, would would you be interested in hiring me on your team? And it kept happening and happening and happening where 
it was like financial sustenance because I get to split revenues with all these agents that joined my team. So it was like, I didn't physically have to be out there doing a lot of the work. So here I am being obedient to God, listening to his word, going into the Bible and reading the Bible, praying and meditating and doing praise and worship in my, my, you know, earbuds and just kind of doing things that are not traditional in my business. And yet the business kept coming in and it kept coming in through different ways I kind of think about it like, uh, is it Elijah that had the uh, ravens yeah. bringing him food and bread, and the stream wasn't dried up until that season yeah. was dried up, right? So I felt like God was sustaining me through this this period. And one of the cool things he did was one of these agents that um, kind of through the grapevine got to know me, he sold me one of his investment properties. And he's like, listen, I'm in a spot where I just need to get this sold didn't want to go into a lot of detail and I'm not going to disclose everything that happened, but basically he was in a situation where he needed help and the economy was kind of in a little weird spot about a year and a half ago. So Jesse and I took it on and bought it and then invested into it. And what's crazy about the story is, is that uh, we turned it into a short-term rental home and it was a two family and it was doing decent. I mean, it was making a little bit of money, But I got this phone call. I mean, this is right in the middle of us not having all the financial success that I've seen over all these years. But, you know, we're still doing okay. And uh, this agent calls me. She's like, hey, I'll give you $100,000 more than what you got into that house if you sell it to me right now. $100,000. I was like, that sounds pretty good, actually. You know, so I called Jesse. She's like, I'm not that attached to it, you know. So and uh, the market was kind of and I said, if this agent randomly called me and is going to give me a hundred thousand more, what if we put it on the market and see if we could get like 110 or 120? So I did. So we literally uh, put it on the market and it ended up selling it and we made a nice little chunk of change on this property. But that cash, I was like, kind of leads to one of these other things. It was, there was one of those parts of my life where I was like, 25 years ago, I made myself a promise that I would do something and I never did. I put my kids, my wife, the animals, the family, the investments, everything else first. I never spend any real money on myself for something totally indulgent and stupid. And so 25 years ago, can I tell that story? I I wanted you to tell that story. (laughs) So 25 years ago, I I went, so right before I got married, I've been married for 24 years and 11 months as of right now. Uh, So almost 25 years next month, actually this month now. So uh, I need to know that. So anyway, so I told myself right before I got married, I went to this Acura dealership and they had this Acura NSX sports car sitting there on the, and it was $85,000. And this was 25 years ago money, right? So that's like 150 now. And I saw this car in 1996, Acura NSX, target top, manual transmission. I was like, so I asked the dealer and I'm 20 years old. And I was like, Hey, this is 25 years ago. I said, uh, Hey, can I sit in the car? And he's like, sure. So I sit in the car and I'm touching the leather and I'm and visualizing like, and I said to the guy, I said, I'm going to own this car someday. And the guy's like, okay, buddy, get out of the car. So, you know, so that's, that was 25 years ago. And I, so I kept saying someday I'm going to pay cash for this car. So I literally found almost the exact same car owned by the same guy, all 25 years, one owner, manual transmission, target top, exactly the way I wanted it. The guy put it on this blog site and I was like, well, I'm going to try to, buy it from him because this might be my only chance because of inflation and all this crazy stuff. And who knows when I'm going to have this much chunk of change at one time I can do something fun with. So I always told myself I was going to do it if I, if I, you know, got to a certain little point. So I did. 
So then I tried to track this guy down, but he was untrackable. Like he wouldn't respond to messages. He wouldn't respond to the forum thread. It was on this like back forum. He had it for sale for a year. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try to find him. So I started doing some little creative sleuthing around this guy. I took his username that was not his actual name. And I started putting it into different, and I saw where he lived and what city. I ended up doing a reverse white page search and I got the guy's phone number. I called him. And he answers the phone. I was like, hey, are you the guy selling the Acura? And he goes, yeah, how'd you get my number? And I was like, don't worry about that. I was like, do you want to sell it or not? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I offered him. I said, listen, I'll buy it sight unseen, no inspection. I'm going to have it shipped here. I'll wire the money tomorrow. He goes, is this for real? And I was like, yes, for real. So I did. I wired him the money. And next thing you know, two weeks later, I get this uh, dream car in my driveway. So that's part A of the story. You got to hear part B later. But uh, I ended up getting that back in, I think it was February, April of this year, and uh, February, March of this last year. Had a blast with the car all year. So it was, it was, yeah, I fun. just, I love that. You know, um, it's funny because it's kind of like me. I'm, I'm right now, I entered into a contest, right? And it's like, it's like, it's like the lottery, you know? And, you know, again, it goes back to like what's in your heart, you know, like, so I have this prayer that I'm praying every single day. And because like when I look back at my life, I, I only applied to Columbia University. I got in. I only applied to University of Florida for master's. I got in. And, you know, it's I knew that if that wasn't it, that there was going to be something else. And I also knew that I shouldn't have. I don't know how to put this into words because, you know, I know that the, when we walk in faith, um, we have this faith. But for me, the only way I could describe it is that I don't have expectations, but I know who my God is. I know that he's raised people from the dead. I know what he can do. And so that's kind of like where I'm at now with this thing. And so it's if we really can have our minds and our and our hearts in that right place, we we do sometimes we get like God throws us a bone, you know, it's not guaranteed. And so you had this amazing experience uh but then what happened several months later you know you got a, you got another little you know like lightning bolt that that told you something else well so then i started uh basically uh I, I mean i had this fun i mean i went to car shows drove it all around i put some real miles in this car you know these are cars <laughs> a lot of people just leave in their garage and i was like i said you know after about a month or two i said to god i mean it was like having a conversation it's like this is your car and I like it. It's fun, but it's a car. You know, I said, if you want, if you want the car, you can have it. Like it's yours. Like if you want me to sell it, you want me to keep it, you want me to, it's your car. So I didn't really get any feeling of, oh my gosh, you got to keep it. You got to sell it. I was like, all right, I'm going to have fun with it. Well, then as I kept praying through it about a month ago, month and a half ago, I felt really strongly in my spirit, like you need to sell the car. And I was like, Really? Like, I just got it. Like, I was thinking maybe someday when I'm like 70, I can't fit in the car anymore. Or maybe my, I'm not able to shift it. I don't know. I, I plan on being 120 and being completely healthy, but whatever, you know, like whatever God, he's like, no, it's been like nine months time for you to sell the car. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, uh, let me see what happens. So I go on auto trader and I list it for $15,000 more than what I paid for it. And it sold in a week. <laughs> So I literally like, and I told Jesse, I was like, uh, I'm going to sell my car. She goes, you are? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, what are you going to, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. God's telling me to sell it. So 
the crazy story is, is I ended up basically getting about 13,000 more than what I paid for it. And the car is now gone. The guy just came and picked it up. So it was like this cool little moment of time. I got to drive my dream car for free, man. I got paid to drive my dream car for the entire year. Like who else does that happen to, man? I'm favored. You know, I love it. Like, like I was just listening. I listened to buying it. I listened to selling it and I got profit in the middle and I enjoyed the car and I got to check a, a box that I've always wanted to check. So like in every area, it was a win. And so I can't think, I mean, someone's like, oh, you sold your dream car. I'm like, yeah, I also got to drive it and got paid to do it. I see that was a win. Uh, and now I'm just like, you know what? I parked the money and put into like Bitcoin and a couple things. And then it went up 20%. I'm like, that's not a bad thing either. So then the money I made off of the money I made, I just made money off of. So, you know, that's just kind of the way God's been working out in my life here lately. So that's just, that's the part B of the story. There's a lot more to it, but it was a, it was a really cool story in my opinion. Honestly, I just, um, it just, again, like I keep thinking about like, there's however 6 billion people in the world and God has all these stories that he's working in. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, he wants the best for us, but, you know, we're the ones who kind of mess it up. But like, there's, there's always, you know, contingent, he has all the contingency plans, you know? And so I just think of all, like looking back at the Bible, all the people who were given this favor and some most screw it up somehow, you know? And then, but someone always, someone else steps up and, you know, no matter what, it always comes to the glory of God. So like this story is just like one of those tales that people can listen to, just like the one that we just heard the testimony from our friend who whose son died. And, and like because of that, you know, there were so many things that, you know, they got to spend time with him. You know, they she spent like there were uncharacteristic things that happened the day of that really gave them. And plus, they knew where he was with God. You know, he got baptized that summer, you know, because she thought she was going to pass away during COVID, you know, at the beginning of it. So she really was like, that's when she committed. She's like, I need to get my whole family right in the eyes of God, you know? Um, and it's just amazing. Like, all of it comes down to being obedient, you know? Um, and, you know, for me, mine is that I want to get my, my, um, 67 Impala. And it's not even, you know, it's just, it's a 67 Impala. It's not even, you know, it's not like it's a 442. It's not like there's so, there's, there's cars that, that I can want, um, that, that are, you know, more powerful. Um, but it's just, that's the car that I love. And I, and it's funny. I said that I would get it by 45. I don't know why I said that number, uh, but I said that like at 37 to 38 that I would have that car. So let's see what happens. You know, you never know what the, 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 the chain of events that leads to these things, but it all comes down to, again, being cognizant of the fact that it, it is, it is a gift and it is something that I can manage and it is something that I can use for the glory of God. So, um, on this same kind of, um, on this same thread, you know, we were in the aftermath of last year. Um, and now we're, we're in 2021, we're fighting different battles this year. Talk about, you know, what you started business-wise. You kind of mentioned it, but, you know, your coaching approach and, and how it's shifted. And even, like, it's interesting how the one of the people on the call that we were on yesterday saw the name of your business, and that's what, that, what drew them to that. And, you know, you would think from a worldly point of view that, you know, 
it's a it's a risk because it is it is offensive to the world uh when you like for example the other day it's it's the weirdest thing the way um social media i literally put a post that it's not offensive to anyone i wouldn't think you know i have posts that are way more offensive it was literally talking about these crazy times and how you know um there's so much confusion and that leads to hatred and and how you know there's i gave these bible verses and someone literally said you know it's a shame uh your 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 page is so informative unfollow you know and it's just so funny uh how how it can be offensive but so, like a lot of the time the right people um god puts them there to see what you're offering and now they actually come because of that decision you made. So uh, talk about how, how your coaching has shifted and, and, um, and what you've been doing. So, so I, I, I think this is kind of actually a pretty cool uh, story because a lot of, if you listen to a lot of gurus out there, which I'm not a fan of gurus myself, but gurus are people that like, claim to be like the top of the food chain and they're given expertise of area and they give all the advice and the guru movements and guru centric movements are all around that person and all their advice and all of their techniques and all their skills. And you copy them and, but we're all made unique, man. We're all made to serve different things, right? Like you're like, if you and I were trying to be in competition with each other for podcasting, well, I'm going to be number one. You're going to be number one. I have a podcast. You have a podcast. Like you serve a completely different audience than I do. And we might have 5% of our audience shared, but we're different, right? We have different goals. So guru-led movements, I think, have a danger of us copying one person and their gifts and their callings, right? So we got to be careful of that. Well, think about it this way. Like Elijah in the Bible, he was this prophet, and all these other people believed in one God. And they were basically saying, our God's the one, right? And he's like, no, your God isn't. And they're like, well, let's have like a competition, I right? Love this. I love this. The competition is like, like we we don't. This is one of the coolest stories, right? So like, there's like 400 of these prophets that are praying to this guy named Baal, which is actually like a demon, right? And they're like praying to him, and they're trying to get him to light this sacrifice on fire. So they've got this altar, and they've got a sacrifice, and they're just trying to call a simple thing, just call fire from heaven and burn up this offering, right? It's not working. Like they praying, they pray all day and night. They start cutting themselves. They're doing all these things. They're like literally pleading. Well, guess what? Elijah's like, are you guys done yet? Because <laughs> I, got, I got work to do. So what is his work? He's like, Father, burn this thing up. Oh, and before that, the buckets, let's pour some water on it. Yeah, let's yeah. make sure it's really hard to burn up. So they kept, and they're in the middle of a drought. So somehow they find water and they pour the precious water all over the sacrifice and not only does god burn it up he burns up the stones and the bricks and like everything around the altar is incinerated and the point is is that you know who was more powerful right and who had to like he didn't cut himself he didn't do all this stuff so what i told my wife is i said i am going to start a coaching business and it's going to be in the hardest to reach people let me explain first of all real estate agents there are like ten thousand coaches out there for real estate agents and every one of them is a guru. They all know this. They all have the best formula, the best this, make the most money, get the most sales, sell the most houses, sell luxury properties, be like this guy on TV. That's literally, they're marketed to constantly. If you're a real estate agent, they will find you on Facebook, Instagram. They will find you, right? So number one, I'm going into that world to try to compete. Number two, it's Christians. Now, Christians in general are cheap. 
Like they think everything should be free. I go to church. My pastor doesn't charge me. The praise and worship doesn't charge me. I get free mints, free coffee, free donuts. Like the Christian mentality, unfortunately, a lot of Christians are cheap and they think everything should be given away. And you can't get like if you need advice from someone who's also a Christian, they should give you the advice. It's like this really kind of messed up. We can't have an economy within Christianity because everything should be free. Well, it doesn't exactly work that way. And, you know, Jesus, even in the Bible, would tell, give someone their fair wage and everything else. That's a whole nother topic. So here I am in an industry where there's a million gurus and coaches. The real estate agents are constantly berated with that. And they, I'm going after a niche of people called Christians who, in general, are the cheapest people that don't want to spend any money on coaching. So guess what? That's the coaching niche that I'm going for. And I tell my wife, hey, we're going to stop selling real estate day to day. And I'm going to do this crazy niche. So there are 1.2 million real estate agents in North America and about 300,000 claim to be, you know, like Christians. And out of that 300,000, the ones that would actually want to spend money, there might be like three, right? So I'm going to go after that group of people. Totally insane. Like from a business standpoint, it makes no sense. It, from an economic standpoint, it makes no sense. So that's the business I launch. And what's cool is, is that God's like, I don't care if you have one customer or a million. It's about me. It's about my heart. It's about my people. And, and one of the commandments that really got me is after Jesus died, and he was, and he rose from the grave, and he's walking around on the earth, and his, you know, in the or in the earth after he's been risen from the dead, he has a little breakfast with Peter, and he asks Peter the same question three times: Do you love me? And Peter's like, Yeah, I love you. And he's like, Do you love me? He goes, Yeah, I love you. And he asks him again, Do you love me? And he's like, Yes, I love you. And he said, Then feed my sheep. So a lot of people don't really realize what that means. Feeding the sheep, a lot of people use the word sheep incorrectly when they talk about blind followers and they everyone's going off a cliff. That's actually lemmings. That's not sheep. Sheep will hear my voice. That's So when someone says a derogatory thing about sheep, I was like, you got to be careful because sheep are supposed to hear the voice of the father and the shepherd, and that's Jesus. So Jesus actually tells Peter, go out and feed my sheep. Well, who are his sheep? Those are other Christians. So here I am. I'm like, God, you're giving me this task to do of feeding your sheep in a specific industry that may make me no money. So guess what? It's all yours. They're your customers, your business, your consulting group, your website, your Facebook channel. And you're just going to have to sustain me whatever financial thing you, you know, I'm supposed to have. I'm going to have whether I make a dollar a month or $100,000 a month. I don't care. So literally, I gave it to God here about a year ago, and I was like, God, if this is your idea and this is what you want me to do, then I'm going to pursue it. And so since then, I've been, you know, you were on one of the calls the other day kind of checking it out, but that's my new coaching group. Now, one person might show up on a Zoom call for a group call, or I might have 20 or 30. It completely random. But I've had to get over my ego, which used to be like, hey, if I don't have so many likes, so many clicks, so many customers, then I'm not successful. This has been one of the biggest transitions in my life to realize that my success is not determined by any of those outside uh, vanity numbers. My relationship with God is number one. He gives me a mandate, tells me what to do every day. I do that. And then I can't worry about the results. I just have to worry about my obedience. That's it. So that's my story. 
Dude, it's um, it's awesome, man. And and like again, it's a cautionary tale. Like if we look at, I think it was um, one of the one of the kings after David, you know, Josiah. It was one one of these guys. It was like, you know, the the king of it was either Babylon. I think it was Babylon or Persia. One of these guys comes and he's like, you know, you guys, you don't understand how terrible this is. You guys are gonna get stomped. Like none of the gods have saved these people. And, you know, um, God speaks to the king and says, hey, tell your guys, don't worry about it. We got this. And, the, you know, these people come to attack them and they, they end up killing themselves. And then we have, on the other hand, you know, one of those times that David kind of did the opposite, you know, and he was like, you know, get, let's get some numbers out there. I, you know, I just want to see like wh- how many, how many troops we have, you know, and God's like, hey, man, that's what you did was really wrong because you didn't, you weren't walking in faith. You know, and of course, what again, why, why I love David is he's so humble. He's like, don't do this to my people. Do this to me. You know, don't don't let them pay. And God has mercy on on the people because of David's repentance. But again, it all comes down to what's in our heart. And um, it all comes down to guys like you got to walk in faith and um, and understand, like, I don't think there's a better message right now. It doesn't matter what area in your life, your relationships, your business, everything we have to have this faith, you know, and, and we notice that we're, we'll be sustained. You know, you mentioned Elijah, you know, the freaking river dried up. What happens? And he's like, go to the lady, the, you know, the, the lady, the widow or whatever with the, with the kid. And she's like, well, this is literally my last meal and we were going to eat this and die. And he's like, well, God told me to tell you to feed me and then don't worry. And she does it. And then they're fed and sustained. Then the kid dies, you know, and then he, you know, brings the kid back to life. It, it just, the Bible is full of these stories, you know, and, and it's just so amazing when we really, um, walk in faith. And I, I know that this is awesome because, you know, what you're doing, you're, you're humble and, and you don't talk about this, but even with, the little that you are getting or, or however much you are getting, you're still being faithful with that. And, you know, you're using that to give that back to God, you know, you're tithing with it. So, um, talk about, uh, before we, we wrap up here, talk about, you know, whatever projects you have coming up in January, um, for, for anybody who's interested in, in looking into this, this approach that you're doing, because, you know, I, I know that like, there's a lot of the time executive coaches, they end up, it's, it's kind of like this a lot of the time where people are like, I need to, I need to get my business better, but the good coach gets them to focus on the things that they weren't focusing on. So some people, you know, um, I know a guy, Tom, uh, Tom Shea, you know, he'll, he'll take these people and they're like, they want to 10 X themselves and he'll have them run a marathon or he'll, he'll have them like fix all the relationships that, that they had messed up and they, they kicking and screaming the whole time, but eventually those things pay off. So what are you coming, you know, what do you have coming up in, in January? Well, let's start with kind of the premise of the company. So the, the coaching business I have is called Kingdom Real Estate Agents. So you alluded to the word earlier that attracted one person and probably made other people run the other direction. But, you know, the, the reason why we call it that is, is obviously the word kingdom has a lot of uh, different connotations for different people. But, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things are added to you. That's kind of the mantra of our, our company. And the idea is that if, if we are seeking God first in our relationship with him, he will give us the divine insight, wisdom, knowledge, skills, resources know who our who is and who we're supposed to be serving, then we serve that person, whether it's an investor, a single family home buyer, seller in our industry, whoever that who is, 
we focus on that person and we give them the absolute best service we can because Jesus said to be the uh, to the be the top of the kingdom, you need to be the servant, which is down here, right? The 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 one who serves the best is the is the highest in the kingdom, basically. So, and Jesus proved that with his own body and his own uh, living uh, here on earth. So he was the greatest servant of all. So he's modeling for us. If you want to be successful in this world, it's okay. Like there's a lot of you know Christian gurus out there that say, well, you can't be successful. You can't have any. You can't have a nice car. You can't have a nice house. You can't go on beautiful vacations or have a beautiful wife or whatever. It's like, I don't read that in the Bible. I'm looking at a good God who's always blessing people. The, the God of the Bible isn't different. Like someone goes, well, he was was this way in the Old Testament. Oh, this I can't stand that one. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he's a good God and he loves us. And he's looking to, to bless us and he wants to expand his kingdom through us. So the kingdom real estate agents is the model that we're choosing. The idea, though, is that if I can help people see their relationship, their identity in Christ, in God first, then they're going to, like you said, fix other areas of their life that might be broken, their relationship with their spouse, their kids, their relationship with money, their relationship with work. I mean, I know a lot of people I've coached over the years. I mean, I've been coaching agents for 17 years, just not under this name, but I've seen people escape from everything with work. So they obsess over 80 hours a week to 100 hours a week of being a real estate agent. Well, I got to show this guy houses on the weekend. I got to do this. I got to do that. Well, I'm going to be home just for a few minutes and I got to go back out the door and show homes all night. And they're like, they're, they're basically throwing their whole life into their work. And what happens is, is they're running away from their reading time, their meditation time, their time with their wife, their time with their kids. They don't go to the gym. They don't eat right. They're on the road grabbing McDonald's all the time. I see it. I see it happen all the time. And then they have this life where they might have gained some financial success, but every other ball, they have glass balls and rubber balls that we juggle. You cannot drop the glass balls. Okay. We can drop a rubber ball and bounce it. It'll come back up and we can juggle it some more. Those glass balls, your wife and kids, you know, your relationship with God, those are things you got to be really protective over. So as a, um, so asking me like the, the, the premise behind what our next project is, we did this challenge a couple months ago it called the Kings of Real Estate Challenge. And I brought in other kingdom minded real estate agents for a five day conference. And we did a virtual zoom conference for five days and we blessed I don't know, 120 people or so, and we just gave it away for free because that's what God told me to do. So I did a free conference for five days. All they had to do was register. And then I did a little upgrade, which you might have heard about yesterday. And I said, for 97 bucks, you can come backstage and you get uh, to be in just with the backstage VIP group to have one-on-one conversation with the speaker for the next half hour. So we did an hour for free each day with the speaker. Then we did a backstage pass for half an hour. People were blown away, even with one of those sessions, like for night. And I did it as kind of a way to kind of break even on the advertising. And, you know, the whole thing didn't make me any money. It was just more because I wanted to do it. And then some of those people ended up joining the coaching program, which we have, which we keep the price extremely low. And then some people ended up joining our EXP organization outside of Cincinnati. So they actually joined our team basically uh, across the country. So I had other side benefits that have happened because we gave away everything for free. So now we're planning another one 
uh, I'm looking at the first week of January right now. We're finalizing some speakers, but we're going to look at doing like a three-day challenge. Same idea, backstage pass, and just basically love on people at the beginning of the year, show them a different way to do business, and then launch them out into 2022 with a new perspective. Amazing. Where where can people find more information um, and keep in touch with you on on any of this? So the best uh, the one the best website would be DerekTie.com because I link to all my other businesses on there. So our short term rental businesses, my real estate company, and our coaching program all have links in our books that I've written on there. Uh, so that's d e r e k t y e dot com. So love it. That's that's where I'm at. I love it, dude. Hey, man, we 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 accomplished our goal. I'm having a very productive day today. Like I have so many things. Like we wanted to. We I think we packed so much information, man. It was. So good. I really hope whoever's listening to this, I hope people got, you know, the the value that they needed, the, exactly what they needed out of it, man. Um, thank you so much, brother. It really, really was perfect. Um, it was great talking to you. Yeah, man. Anytime you want to talk, I love uh, bouncing ideas off of you. And I want to check out your new coaching uh, app too. I haven't gotten on there yet, but I want to still check that out too. Yeah. When you get a chance, fill out, fill out that intake and I'll, and I'll get you going, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I appreciate all your advice in the past too. And uh, we've got an awesome community of people. I love uh, doing life with you, man. Likewise, brother.